You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Some of you, I'm joining live right here on YouTube. I know kind of just spur of the moment. I wasn't sure when I'd be able to get to this episode, of course. But the day after, Florida has their second scrimmage of the spring under Billy Napier. Of course, not going to go by too too long without an episode here on Gators Breakdown. So we'll get into what Billy Napier had to say after the scrimmage, after the Gators' second scrimmage, a little sloppy uh, scrimmage as far as penalties go now. Not overall sloppy, but just as far as penalties go. Uh, it was a pretty sloppy scrimmage for the Gators. So we'll get into that and what Billy Napier had to say, some news and notes from the scrimmage as well, and what he's looking for also uh, in, in his players, not just for this year, uh, but also down the road as well. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Some of you joining live right now. I know kind of, like I said, spur of the moment. Wasn't sure when I'd be able to get on here. So if you're in here live right now, thanks for hopping in. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Get those notifications when there's a new episode of Gators Breakdown. Leave us a comment. We'll get try and uh, I'll try and share some in this episode uh, if I can get around to it. Kind of hard when I'm by myself <laughs> doing the producing and the hosting at the same time. I'll try and, uh, and look at them. Before we sign off here uh, on this episode, be sure to check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown at newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. All right, here we go. Let's get straight to it. And uh, Billy Napier's thoughts on the Gators' second scrimmage of the spring. You know, I thought both sides of the ball did a lot of good things today. Um, You know, I do think that we had a few too many undisciplined penalties today. That's probably the main takeaway. You know, I think overall – Last week, we played, you know, 120 plays, I think, and we had two penalties this week. You know, we were way up there. You know, I'm not exactly how many we, we had, but too many for my liking, right? Um, I do think we took care of the ball pretty good, and then we played really well. Thought, got a lot of situational football done today. Got out of there healthy, which is always a positive. Um, but overall, general message here, 
need more consistency across the board. I was pleasantly surprised last week that we played relatively clean football. You know, um, maybe it was in we're, in we're in the stadium for the first time. I don't know what the case may be. But there's no excuse, right? Um, they're all technical. They're all relative to coaching. You know, and that's what I told the players. I said, that's a reflection of me. I got to do a better job for you guys as a coach. And, uh, you know, we'll work hard at it and get it fixed. You know, the first way you win is you don't beat yourself, right? And you, uh, you completely control the things that have nothing to do with the opponent, right? So, you know, we're talking about undisciplined penalties. We're talking about taking care of the ball. We're talking about mental errors. Uh, from a coaching perspective, we're talking about positioning the players to have success, being a really sound concept, making sure that when we watch the tape that we have the answers to the test, right? So um, that's where you start, you know, when you're building a football team. Uh, we've always taken great pride in not giving the other team anything, right? They've got to earn every single thing that they get. Yeah, Florida needs that, of course, after the uh, what, going back to the end of 2020 uh, and all of last season as well. Man, man don't, don't give anything to the opponent. And Napier went on to mention and stress that this team, and it's kind of a recurring theme here, has to do the simple things well. And that is where they need to improve. Go play great situational football. It's nothing about these scrimmages. You know, it's not a full 15-minute, four quarters. You know, this is going out there and putting guys in situations, guys – putting guys in situations that you know they struggle with and that they need to get better in, uh, situations where they can have some success, maybe build some confidence. Uh, Billy Napier went on to say, you know, go finish plays, go finish drives, go finish games. That is uh, uh, something they're trying to hit on with this team. Got to go finish. Finish plays, finish drives, finish games. All that goes along uh, with each other, of course. But uh, going back to the kind of theme, uh, and Billy Napier made sure to point it out, too many undisciplined penalties. Uh, and credit to Napier, uh, took ownership for him and the coaching staff for the issue, saying there's no excuse for the issue. There's really not. Uh, and now, of course, you know, there, there's, what, 125, 129 football teams out there. Somebody's going to be ranked in the, in the hundreds. Nobody wants to be ranked that high. Uh, but Florida was. Florida was last year. He knows. Billy Napier knows Florida was 121st in penalties last season. That was going to be an emphasis this spring. Needed to be an emphasis this spring. Sounds like there's still some more work to do there. But as um, Napier said, he's taking ownership. And look, it'll help when there are coaches and there are players that actually care about the issue first and foremost. So you know it's going to be on the front forefront of, of Billy Napier's mind just going back to last year and seeing that Florida was 121st in penalties. Uh, you heard Jervon Dexter a couple weeks ago say, hey, Matt Rule, when he was here at Florida's Pro Day uh, and in that coaching clinic Florida had, that, hey, even Matt Rule told the team, you were 121st in penalties. I mean, so it is a theme for Florida this spring to get this cleaned up. And as I said, I do think everybody's on the same page. It'll help coaches and players are now on the same page about it. They actually care about it. Now, they got some work to do there, of course. And look, Napier understands there's, there's going to be penalties in a game, just within the game itself. But those unforced penalties, the undisciplined penalties are inexcusable. And Napier did go on to mention now, you know, this is a personal goal of his, and he's, we're getting to dive even more into how Billy Napier looks at building the team and, and the things he's looking for. The goal is to be one penalty in every 30 plays. 
I mean, having no penalties is not an achievable goal. Uh, you can stress it all you want to. It's going to happen. Billy Napier with a realistic goal here. One penalty in every 30 plays. That's what he is looking for. Says this team isn't ready for that right now, but there is time to get there. And look, you go back and look at his track record. Louisiana was not a heavy penalized team. So you know he knows how to get that through to some players. Something else his team at Louisiana didn't do was turn the ball over a whole lot. And for the second scrimmage in a row, Florida took care of the ball. Napier went, he went on to mention that aspect is the most significant stat he looks at related to winning football. You want to play winning football? I mean, of course, it, it, that's, uh, a lot of other coaches are going to look at it that same way, so it's not anything new to Billy Napier, but it lets you know how much he stresses it. The most significant stat related to football is turnovers. That's how Billy Napier views it. So the Gators, you know, we're on opposite end of the spectrum in both ways to really help your football team in the second scrimmage. Still, once again, not turning the ball over, but as he said, you heard him say, the first scrimmage, we didn't, really, we didn't have these penalties. And he doesn't know why it happened in the second scrimmage. So, of course, it would be harped on even more uh, moving forward, trying to maybe figure out why, as he said, maybe the team going into the, the swamp and scrimmaging, they weren't able to scrimmage in the swamp the first time because of weather. It was in the indoor facility. So this is the first time they've been – under Billy Napier, under this coaching staff, in the swamp, having a scrimmage. So really good in taking care of the football, but on the other end, so many penalties that Napier feels a need to point it out and let us know about it. Perhaps the biggest takeaway, not penalties, not turnovers, shouldn't be glossed over, no injuries. <laughs> Florida got hit hard. We know there earlier this earlier this spring, the tight end position in particular. You heard Billy Napier say last week as well. Middle linebacker safeties have had some dinks, uh, dings there, but once again, no significant injuries coming out of the second spring. So a few days now away from the spring football game, we should get to see most of the players that we've been hearing about, seeing uh, the last couple of weeks take part in the spring football practice. This team will practice with their teams that they're going to play with Thursday night. This week coming up right now will be the teams uh, for the spring game that will practice with those teams all week long. Uh, so hopefully between these next couple of practices before we see the, the, the team take the field Thursday night, that there are no more injuries uh, with, with, with this team. So honestly, that's it can be glossed over all we want, but that's still the biggest takeaway right now. And we'll get into it. We'll get into why Florida needs to stay healthy. Need more consistency, you heard Napier say, but that is picking up. Says the film is showing more cleaner football than the film last week. Of course, penalties notwithstanding. <laughs> he says that when it's all going right, that he should be able to look at the script, then go look at the film, and he should know exactly what play is being run, who is involved in the play, where the ball is going, and who should be in position to make a tackle. And he says now he's starting to see that on a more consistent basis. Good to hear there, uh, Billy Napier discussing, look, they need more consistency, but it is improving. Florida's not going to be there three weeks into spring practice where the consistency is at a, a, a level that's acceptable. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. You know, there's going to be transition. Going to be transition for sure. So there we go. Kind of the theme of the uh, spring second spring scrimmage. Uh, Billy Napier mentioning the turnovers. 
lack of turnovers, good thing, an abundance of penalties in the second scrimmage. And luckily, no injuries adding up there for the Gators. So one more thought here from Billy Napier and the progress so far heading into the last week of spring camp for his team. I think we know what to do. I think we are making progress in how to do it. And I think we actually have some players that maybe know why we're doing what we're doing. You know, we need more players um, that understand how to do it and why we do it that way, right? Now, there's a handful of guys out there, they don't even know what to do, right? So, uh, and that comes with the territory, right? So, we talk about being four-dimensional players, okay? And let me see if I can explain this quickly, right? The first dimension is you know what you're supposed to do, okay? The second dimension is you know what every player in your position room is supposed to do, right? So you play Z receiver, you know what the H and the X have. You play left guard, you know what all five linemen are supposed to do on the play, right? Third dimension is you understand all 11 players on offense or defense or in special teams, right? And then a four-dimensional player, which is really rare, he understands all 11 on his side of the ball, and he knows and can comprehend and discuss um, what the 11 other people on the other side of the ball are doing, right? So a four-dimensional player, what is that? How do you get to that point? You do that by evaluating, recruiting, retaining, and executing your year-round plan over and over and over, right? And we're in the first year. You know, this is, we're a little, two-thirds of the way through phase three. I'm hopeful here we'll look up in a couple of years and have a lot of four-dimensional players that are playing for the University of Florida. As he said, look up in a couple of years. Not a couple of weeks, not a couple of months, a couple of years. That's what Billy Napier's plan is not going to be snap your fingers and everything's ready to go. Very rarely does that happen for a first-year head coach. Unless you've been around the program, you're an assistant coach that's just been thinking of Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, been around the program was under Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops retires. He moves into the head coaching spot. Okay, you know, that's an easier transition. You coming in and taking over for something that we saw on the field last year, it's not, it's not an instant fix. It's not snap your fingers and, all right, Billy Napier wants you to know your what you have to do, your position, your side of the ball, and then the other side of the ball. That's not happening in three weeks of spring football. It's not happening in the third phase, as he said. There's still – we're not going to see Billy Napier's full plan till a couple years down the road. Remember, go back to, a, what, a few weeks ago when we really – Will Miles and I dove into Billy Napier's offense, and we got an example of what he gives his quarterbacks to learn. And it's, you know, the five plays you need to run, the five plays you're going to see the defense run, and then watch a highlight reel of the best in the game go do it. That's, that's you know, that's – that takes time. Not gonna. There's a lot of bad habits to get rid of, <laughs> and you know, it, it, just some other habits of, of doing things different. Not even necessarily bad. The last half, there were some good things that happened, but now it's different. You, if if it was good, it's going to be different now. There's a different way of going about doing things, and of course, we know there was a lot of bad habits that need to be. You know, pulled out of these players as well. So this is not an instant fix, but it lets you know the plan. It lets you know what he's looking for. I really like that four dimension uh, of players and knowing what to do. And look, not even even a couple of years down the road, he starts getting those players. It's not going to be all eleven 
guys on both sides of the ball. Not going to be your starting 22 that's in those positions. There's probably going to be some rare players that fit all four dimensions that Billy Napier is talking about. Now, you, you, you hope, you hopefully your quarterback is one of them. <laughs> that has to be one of them. Uh, but the more Billy Napier can get those type of players, as he said, we, it's going to start recruiting as well. And he's just he got, he's got one class in. That he had to scrounge together in a hurry. Well, some of those guys weren't even guys that you know he originally recruited, decided to hang on to some, decided to let go of some. There's a certain player he's looking to recruit as well who can eventually fit into those four dimensions. So this is not a instant fix. You're not going to see, a, as he's kind of said, you're not going to see a fourth dimension player probably in year one. It's going to take a couple of years. So it's kind of looking forward, looking ahead right now in some aspects of where this team will still be behind even in year one. Florida can go on to have a lot of success in year one under Billy Napier. And then I do think that would scream even more from the mountaintops that, okay, this is an improving program because he's not going to have these fourth dimension players in year one, but if he still has a good season anyway, look out for some more good things to come Florida's way under Billy Napier. Oh, that'll be it for the time limit on sound that I can share. You know, Florida says only three minutes. So they want you going to their website to watch the, the whole full press conference. So no fault, uh, no fault there of their, uh, of, of them. I can't blame them there. Uh, but some other highlights in the press conference that I just kind of will share. Napier was asked about uh, individual players standing out. And he's re- he responded with there are plenty of individual players standing out but this game isn't about individual players. Mm, man, he couldn't have said that any better. I, I, I love the way he responded with that. Yeah, there's, a, there's individual players out there. Yeah, they're, they're, doing, they're doing their thing. There's some guys out there. I'm not going to point them out because it's, it's a team game. He says, quote, we can't talk individuals until we comprehend what it is to be a team. Man. Now, don't get me wrong, the last half did publicly point out that there were some me guys out there on the team, guys that were only looking out for themselves. And I'm sure this is an even bigger culture shock because they let the last half let some of those guys just get away with it. No repercussions, no accountability. We've discussed that at length. But there are too many players looking out for themselves the last couple of years. And I'm sure it's a culture shock to many players that saw you know, that saw this happening the last couple of years maybe even took part in that the last couple of years. This is a transition. There are going to be many differences these players aren't used to. Some will adapt quickly. Some it may even take longer. Some it may, even, may, may not even happen at all. We keep talking about the transfer portal and guys leaving. You know, well, it might be some of these me guys. It might be some of the, you know, there's no I in team guys. <laughs> you know, this is a culture shift, and, and one big part of that is becoming a team on and off the field. We've heard plenty about the off the field. Like you create those relationships with your teammates. You you go out there and make them care about each other. That, that, that will translate to on the field. You start playing. You start caring a bit more. But go back to that quote. We can't talk individuals until we comprehend what it is to be a team. Sounds like that. You know, there's still some t- steps to be to be taken to get to that. Guys can't be looking out for themselves. One side of the ball can't be head and shoulders above the other. Both sides need to come together. All three, you know, special teams as well. I don't mean to leave them out, but mostly offense, offense, defense. 
we we saw last year how much special teams matter, but you know, for the bulk of the game, of course, you know, the starting eleven on offense, the starting eleven on defense, I mean, they need to be a little more equal. We can't have that big twenty twenty season where the offense is way up here and the defense way down here. That can't happen. Florida's got to become a better team. Lost that aspect in the last couple of years. Both sides need to come together for this team to be great. All right, kind of going back to last week when Billy Napier was speaking to the media, and the big takeaway from that was, of course, we're going to hit the transfer portal. We need more depth. We need more players. Napier hit that again after the second scrimmage. Quote, I think the team as a whole lacks depth. We need more players as a whole to do their job consistently and play winning football. And that was kind of brought up in Billy Napier just after he was asked now, speaking about the wide receiver position and the defensive tackle position. So I'll get into that in just a second. Like he said last week, and he stressed again this week, Florida has a group of ones. They have a group of starters they can put out there and they feel pretty comfortable with. Some twos as well, but beyond that, depth is lacking. Pretty much there is no third team right now. Coaches love to have that third, that third level of depth. Now, specifically, he was talking about those positions, but for really most positions, that's what Billy Napier was discussing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quote, I think we can run a pretty good group of ones out there. We have some twos that, you know, we could roll in there and play. We need more depth right now. We need more players. But I think we have capable players. Does that make sense? And that's kind of where I'm saying I'll go into that a little bit in just a second. But having capable players, you know, making sure I'm not trying to down the whole roster right now. Just need more players, need more depth. He went on to say, I think there are some redeeming qualities, right? There's height, length, there's athleticism, there's power. I think it's more about learning what to do, how to do it, doing it more consistently, being loyal, being dependable and accountable, playing winning football. You can do your job for the team every single time. He says we get to, pe- we get to put 11 out there at a time. We need more players to make progress and get in that group. And we've got a lot of players that I trust and we will put out there, but we've got a lot of work to do to create depth and more players to add to that list. I'll go back to last week too. We, we mostly know you know this roster coming into spring now didn't have a lot of proven experience depth. That's why we went through the roster a couple weeks before spring practice. Most of you guys watching and listening, you know where this roster stood to. We weren't breaking any news. We weren't going any, any deeper, but we we expressed our worries at a, at a few positions for Florida. Florida will hit the transfer portal to make up for that. But also, and this is something that shouldn't be overlooked. This wasn't going to be a complete team of spring practice. We we talked about it coming in. Napier's still learning these players who he can trust. It happened 
faster for some players. Others, it'll take some time. This isn't, as I'll, I'll go back to it, isn't just a snap your finger and I'll be fixed. Not, isn't just he's going to step in here in three weeks, have developed players. Develop. Develop takes time. <laughs> Development is not fast. This is the transition. Answers won't be found soon in some places, maybe never at all. Certainly not in April. You know, in, in his first season, shouldn't come as a surprise. Napier's talking about the roster like this. And it doesn't mean Florida's in for some doom and gloom season. Not, not, that's not at all uh, what I'm talking about. But I do credit Napier for being up front with it, not blowing smoke out there. Florida certainly needs to stay healthy, find more depth just to put better players out in the field. But I'm not taken back by these comments. I'm, I'm no more worried right now than I was three weeks ago. You guys know we, we've harped on recruiting. I've harped on recruiting the last few years. And so these comments by Napier, they're, they're not a surprise. Not a surprise whatsoever. So Florida can use development. Need to use the portal. We need some injury luck in 2022 to have the best players on the field. So look, there's, there's no reason to be doom and gloom. But just know. Just know where this roster stands right now. Billy Napier's letting us know. We let you know. You guys knew. But it, it, it is being put out there that, hey, we need some players. So kind of going back to why that conversation started in the first place, Billy Napier was asked about the wide receiver position, asked about the defensive tackle position. Wide receiver position, look, Dejon Reynolds in the scrimmage, making plays in the scrimmage for a touchdown from Anthony Richardson. And he's been one young wide receiver that we've heard about throughout spring. He probably gets included in the list that Napier says they have a few guys there now that they can count on. Shorter, Henderson, Whittemore. They'll go throw Dejon Reynolds in there now too, maybe? Keep hearing his name pop up. Now, of course, that is the nature of spring football sometimes. There's these names that come up. Even some young players, their name keeps coming up. You know, we don't see him in the spring game or, you know, you even have a hero in the spring game that you just don't see in the fall. The big news last week, Lamar Goods, defensive tackle, he's transferring away from Florida at a position Florida needs bodies, but they need bodies that can play. So I know a lot of feedback I got, why is he leaving? You know, that's, a, that's a position of need. Well, it is a position of need. If he still can't crack the rotation, if he's still not getting the playing time he wants, of course he's going to transfer because it is a position that Florida needs bodies at. Florida needs help out. He's still not getting the reps he wants. That's how, now that's how I'm viewing it. It could be completely other reasons why he's leaving. That's how I would view it. Position Florida needs all the help they can get. Somebody's transferring out. Probably not getting the reps then. And look, we said this coming into spring practice. There's going to be transfers out. In a transition with a new head coach, if you're still not getting the reps you want, of course there's going to be some guys that leave. Florida's going to hit the transfer portal here, I would imagine if they can get the players they want. One to look out for, Daryl Jackson from Maryland in the portal, played as a freshman last season for Maryland, played in all 13 games as a true freshman for Maryland. 22 tackles, 15 solo. Kind of look out for that one. Staff has followed him, and there has been social media interaction. But Florida needs bodies. They need bodies that can contribute. No one still really stood out to give Jervon Dexter a, a breather to give him some help beside him. Watson has had his moments, but 
needs to get in better shape to get on the field, stay on the field. So Florida definitely will be in heavy pursuit of defensive tackles after Lamar Goods transferring. That goes all the way back to all that roster talk. Napier letting it known, hey, we need some depth, we need some players. All right, here we go. Before we sign off right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown, once again, everybody, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much, all of you out there joining me live right now on YouTube. Second scrimmage news and notes here. Anthony Richardson, no surprise. He is putting a gap in between that first and second team uh, quarterback battle. It's Anthony Richardson. It's Jack Miller, but it's Anthony Richardson who's getting most of the starting reps. Led multiple touchdown drives in the second scrimmage. All the passing touchdown drives came from him as quarterback. And one even with the second team offense, as I mentioned, to Dejon Reynolds, he was with the second team as Jack Miller was getting some first team reps. Of course, if anything happens to AR, you got to have Jack Miller ready to go. But Anthony Richardson is the guy. Really isn't a question right now that he should be the starter yesterday's scrimmage only solidified that even more. He was the most successful quarterback running the offense with the ones mostly leading to scores. And I think it's very encouraging that he can even lead the second team versus the first team defense for a score. Beauty of spring football. I know a lot of people sit there and look at that. Well, okay. What about the defense? Well, hopefully, hopefully AR is just that special. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that, that's just – if in spring football, one side does good, one position group does good, it's, it, it's bad somewhere else, but it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. You want to see the offense making plays. You want to hear the defense making plays. Uh, before we do move forward away from the quarterback conversation, though, Sean Abel, uh, when I uh, put out there that I was going to do an episode today on, on YouTube for you guys to look out for it, uh, Sean Abel did respond – he said, I'm not confident with the quarterback options after Miller. Could we see Carlos Dorio Wilson and Kitna transfer out and a more accurate, experienced quarterback transfer in? That would improve the quarterback room and decrease the number of scholarship quarterbacks to a reasonable four. Um, I doubt we see another transfer in. As... Um, there's just more – there's other positions on the roster that need filling through the portal. Right now I see it as a Richardson, Miller. From everything I can gather, from everything I've heard and been told, Dario Wilson's probably that third guy. I'm still don't, I still don't know if that means getting the transfers. I mean, if he, if he thinks he can play somewhere, oh, by all means, okay. But he won't get another school like Florida. So how does he value the the you know the big school of Florida being there? Of course, I'm I'm sure yes he wants to play, but he wasn't that highly recruited coming out of out of uh, out of high school at programs like Florida. So he was so he won't get another opportunity like this, but there's probably not much of an opportunity. So it's all checks and balances and, and weighing decisions there. But you know Max Brown comes in in the fall, so the numbers will be fine. Now, I, I don't see both of those guys transferring out. Could it happen? Yeah, I don't think it will. But Max Brown comes in in the fall, so the numbers should be fine if one of Del Rio Wilson or Kitna transfer out. But also, I'm just not sure an experienced 
portal quarterback would want to come in to have to battle AR and Miller with the, with those guys already going through a spring camp. You have a leg up there. That quarterback would come in as the third quarterback already. Any quarterback with experience would probably go somewhere with a better chance to start. And the only player in the portal right now that fits that profile would be JT Daniels, the former quarterback of Georgia. And I, I don't see that happening. There's not a worthy portal quarterback right now anyway, unless somebody transfers out after this spring. That's, what, that's probably what you'll be looking for there. But then you're just kind of in the same position at that point if you had just probably stayed at the school you're at after going through spring ball. So, of course, that there will probably be some out there that, that do hit the portal. I know a lot of people are looking at that Georgia quarterback battle. If Stetson Bennett wins the job again, what happens to Brock Vandegrift and, and Carson back there at Georgia? Both of those guys highly recruited. Are they going to sit by another year? Doubtful. Doubt both of them do. So that's another you know, in conference, but it's hard to transfer in conference already. That that has already that deadline has passed. So even if one of the Georgia quarterbacks transfers away, you have to get a waiver to get those guys in due to the SEC rules. So, yeah, there's some other quarterback battles out there, but neither one of those guys are experienced. So going to your point there, uh, Sean, neither one of those guys are experienced, so you're still looking for an experienced quarterback. And just there's probably not going to be many in the portal. All right, going back to the scrimmage, staying on the offense, the running game is where it's at right now. <laughs> That's probably no surprise. Pretty big day showing speed and toughness. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard seems to have really continued his spring. We keep hearing his name. He's probably been the best overall back so far this spring, a big spring so far, a big day yesterday in the second scrimmage, really been able to show off his speed, but some power as well, but mostly that speed that he's kind of been known for. Montreal Johnson put up a good performance in the spring, in the second scrimmage as well, bowling over Trey Dean at the goal line on his way to a touchdown. So, um, look, that's honestly a battle I would expect him to win. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, what's wrong with trading or Olga? You know, that's expected uh, because it's trading. No, I would put pretty much any guy playing in the secondary. You get a one-on-one battle with Montreal Johnson. I expect Montreal Johnson to win that battle more times than not. So that's not a hit on trading in my opinion. Uh, so run game, of course, no surprise, ahead of the passing game right now. And that's to me to be expected. You guys know I'm pretty high on this offensive line with those first six, seven guys. The talent at the running back position with Lingard and Johnson and Bowman. It's not, I'm not worried hearing that the run game is ahead of the passing game. I somewhat expect it right now. But all in all, heard AR had a pretty good day as well. Passing game is making strides. Florida's definitely got to find some playmakers at the receiver position. Still trying to get that short up and the depth there as well. Just need some more players to show up in that passing game. Amari Bernie, Devin Moore had some interceptions in the spring as well. Not sure who the quarterback was uh, on on those passes. So uh, just kind of the takeaway there, uh, defensive line was in, like I said, the run game's ahead of the passing game, partly because the offensive line is ahead in run blocking as well. So the defensive line done some nice things uh, to put some pressure on the quarterbacks as well all spring, and that continued in the second scrimmage uh, as well. But even that has gotten better toward the beginning. I think the first 
either one of the practices around the first scrimmage or it was the first scrimmage. I'm sorry, I'm kind of misremembering right now. The defensive line did dominated in pass rush. Uh, so it is good to hear that, that uh, there was some plays being made by Anthony Richardson in the passing game, all the passing touchdowns coming from him. So there we go. Uh, I'm going to get through, I, I know it might be boring for you just a second, uh, but I'm going to go through these uh, YouTube comments right here. Sean, I saw, yep, I got to your question. I saw it just in time. So uh, thanks uh, for sending that to here uh, in here. Um, let's see, I'll go to this question. Alaya, I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce the name there, but uh, sounds like Amari Bernie will start at linebacker this year. I don't know if he'll start. Uh, if you ask me right now, I would probably go Ventrell Miller and DeWan Black as a pairing uh, for your Mike and Will linebackers uh, at, at the spot. So now, you, you did, we did here last week, um, Bateman – Talking about Amari Bernie says that he's like coaching a 30-year-old guy out there because <laughs> he's got so much experience. And hopefully there's some something to unearth there from Amari Bernie and you know, a highly rated recruit, uh, just not really living up to the billing yet. Kind of come in as a freshman, more of that nickel role, moved to linebacker, has struggled there at times, especially in one-on-one coverage, uh, keeping up with running backs, filling the wrong hole, not a physical player. Hopefully. This new staff is unlocking something there. Uh, but from everything that I can gather, I would say right now, eventual Miller, the one black uh, pairing. I probably expect Bernie to, to play a bit more um, than maybe originally thought. Uh, but and that, that would be good news um, as we keep hearing good things about the one black. That if that continues, and Mari Bernie's getting playing time. I think that's because Mari Bernie went out there and proved some good things as well. So we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. I know there's not a lot of confidence in that uh, based on, you know, previous play. But hopefully it kind of works itself out to where this new staff just unlocked something in, the, in a lot of these guys that maybe struggled in the previous regime. Uh, Novell Beeman says, how is Henderson Marcus Burke doing and Scooby Williams? How are they doing in practice? Heard some good things about Scooby uh, as well. Burke has been dealing with a, a little bit of an injury, so hasn't been out there as much. But he is another receiver that I've heard that here that they have been high on. He just got to stay healthy. Got to keep out there on the field. Uh, Henderson hearing some good things as well. Pretty consistent uh, out there. I'm not sure he's still that big-time playmaker we want. Uh, at the position. Hopefully we see some uh, in, in the spring game, but mostly receiver shorter keeps coming up as the, you know, just the number one guy who has, who is living up uh, to that billing among these group of receivers and Reynolds, as I said, going back to some of wide receiver talk from earlier, has kind of been the young name that keeps popping up uh, more often there. Adam says anything about Tyreek Sapp? Just a little. Haven't heard a whole lot. His name doesn't come up a whole lot. And you know, he had to be somebody I would specifically have to ask about. Um, just has shown some things. I wouldn't necessarily say he's somebody like Dewan Black, his name gets brought up over and over again because he's making plays. Like he's just 
they're making plays over and over again. So whoever sharing the info and the intel from the practices can't help themselves but bring up the one black because he's making it known he's out there making plays. Uh, secondary, we'll go through a little bit. Jaden Hill probably, I'd say, probably leads the way right now for that second cornerback spot opposite Jason Marshall. Uh, looking there through the through the two scrimmages, we'll see how limited those guys continue to be coming off of injury and in the spring game. Hopefully, we see some more of those guys out there. Um, as far as that one goes, I'm trying to get a little bit more here. Uh, Antonio brings up a good point. I brought this up before on Gators Breakdown Plus. Uh, Can we really get portal guys better than the ones we have? And that's kind of the issue right now. I think that there are some players that the staff will be targeting that I think they they think that can be contributors. Um, You know, Lamar Goods, as I said, he's transferring out. I brought up one example. There's probably some guys that are in a defensive defensive tackle position on the portal that – you can get to contribute, but that is a, a question worth bringing up at this point of a season or off season going through spring practice. Guys that are going to be transferring, the quarterback's a little bit different because there, there can be some really good backup quarterbacks, but other positions where you know there's multiple positions on the field, what quality type of player are you getting that they can't make it at the current school? And don't get me wrong, those guys have every right in the world to go try and better their, their better themselves and, and go try and get playing time. But most of the time, those guys are leaving because they couldn't get playing time somewhere else. So you know, do you see this guy as a scheme fit? Did you see him as uh, you were originally recruiting him back in the day and now you have a chance to, to bring him in? You like what he would be able to do in your style of play? Yeah, that can go a long way. But Antonio, I, I've thought about that myself as well. What quality are you getting from the transfer portal at this point in the offseason? <sighs> All right. Uh, kind of going back to the beginning of the episode, Captain Trips brings up a good coach would never be satisfied. Good point. Really, really good point. Um, it's not a. It's not nitpicking. It's not not being happy with anything and everything. It's striving for perfection. You'll never reach it, but you strive for it. Uh, Novell, Avery Helm, I heard he's doing some good things as well, uh, but I have heard more about Jaden Hill at that second cornerback spot, more so than I have uh, basically anybody else, more than Kimber, more than Helm. Uh, and look, Hill, we expected to be that guy last year anyway, opposite Kyrie Elam. Jason Marshall may be pushing for some playing time because of the high recruiting profile, but he got that playing time because Hill went down. Hill was going to be the number two guy last year. So it shouldn't be too much of a surprise here in uh, he's doing some good things right now in spring practice. All right, everybody, that will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Thank you so much for joining me live here, sharing those comments, asking the questions. Uh, we'll try and do this uh, a bit more. Uh, Adam, one more ask about Shamar James. Any news on him? He will be here in the fall. Uh, he's not taking part in spring practice. So he's a uh, he's, uh, summer enrollee uh, there for at, at the linebacker position. So, but uh, Bateman did say some good things about him in conversations he's had with him um, there. I think I shared that in one of the last episodes there. So, um, yeah, he's, he spoke about him, but uh, we'll have to wait till the fall. 
So, all right. Uh, another episode will be coming out soon, guys. I'm trying to throw you all the spring practice coverage. First time we've got to hear, uh, you know, first time we get to hear from these coaches. So we get to hear from William Piegler, the tight end coach, and, of course, everything he's dealing with, with the rash of injuries that's happened at the tight end position. So we'll hear from William Piegler and safeties Rashad Torrance, Travis Johnson recently, recently spoke to the media as well. So I'll try and get that episode out to you guys uh, pretty soon. I'm going to let this one simmer for a day or so. Uh, and then spring football, spring football game, orange blue game around the corner. Hey, uh, also Gators Breakdown Plus, I will have a members only chat uh, Monday night at seven o'clock. So if you're not a member there, uh, you get a you know, join. There's a link is in the description, a members only chat. 7 o'clock on Discord on uh, Monday night at 7. And then trying to give you guys a layout for the week. Spring game will be Thursday night. Will Miles and I have already discussed. We'll hit you Friday morning with an episode uh, looking back at the spring game. So be down in Gainesville late into the night, Thursday night. We'll turn right around and do an episode for you guys Friday morning. Uh, Will Miles and I will get together and kind of go over the orange and blue game. So there you go. There's kind of the layout, what to look forward to as spring practices wrapping up this last week for the Gators. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>